You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. So glad you joined me today. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, I hope that you will. But this is another thing I would ask you to do. Hit that thumbs up button down at the bottom. That'll help put us in front of more people. And we want to get the word to as many people as possible. Okay, we're talking about the law of continuance. And one of the characters in the Bible who beautifully demonstrates this as well as anybody is David. And so I want to read to you from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. We've read this before, but I'm going to hit a little bit more detail in this. It says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil. This was a special anointing oil. The ingredients were prescribed by God, actually, and they had to do it in a certain way. And he anointed David in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came on David from that day forward. David had amazing power because the Spirit of the Lord was on him. Now, it's important to note that there's a difference between a miracle and God blessing someone's actions. They're not always the same. Now, granted, uh, many of the things that we see today seem to be miraculous, and when you technically get into them, they're not really miracles. They are just blessings of God. For instance, I've paid my tithes for years, and God has blessed my finances I cannot say that I've had some outright financial miracles. I've had some amazing things happen. But but what we've seen more than anything is a slow, steady blessing of God upon what we do. And so you really couldn't say that's miraculous. I tell the story of how my daughter uh, was near death with a blood clot on her brain and how I stood in faith for her to recover. However, she did have surgery. There was a neurosurgeon who removed the blood clot from her brain. Now, that in itself was not a miracle. Uh, this was not miraculous in the sense that, that God took the blood clot out. There was a doctor involved. But I can tell you this, when I got done with the surgery and asked a second neurosurgeon about what we'd just been through, I said, tell me how serious this was. I didn't want to know how serious it was before we went through it all. But afterwards, and we'd won the victory, I wanted to know. And this man said, sir, your, your, your daughter's blood clot was an inch thick and as big as her hand. He said, we lose kids all the time who have blood clots that are as big as a quarter. And so I, I then began to see that God's hand was on the whole process and definitely guided the surgeon. So, so God's hand can be on actions. That's what I see here with the story of David. God's hand was on David's actions. But I want you to go through this with me, and we're going to see the details of how this happens because you can learn from the process. Uh, you, you can definitely learn from the process. So here we go. 1 Samuel seventeen thirty six. David demonstrates an attitude. He has this attitude because of the anointing. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, 36, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. 
Now, that's an attitude. That's a very bold and confident attitude. And David has that attitude because of what he has seen happen in his own life. He was keeping his father's sheep, and this attitude gripped him. He ran out, and he took the lion, and he took the bear, and he killed them both. And so uh, the, an attitude definitely came over David. He had a huge attitude change, and it had to be because of the anointing. Here's the second thing I want you to see that the anointing did. The anointing always leads us to preparation. And so before David went down to fight with Goliath, uh, King Saul tried to get him to wear his armor to fight the giant. And had David done that, he would have been brutally slaughtered because this is not the way that he fights. He had not proven this method of fighting. Uh, so God has very real methods for each of us to use. It's interesting to see, that, like the story of lions. David killed a lion, most likely with a club, with a shepherd's club, and a bear, uh, most likely with a shepherd's club. I don't think he smote them with his fist. I think he used the club to do it. It was part of his arsenal, as was the sling. And so D David did that. Goliath, uh, I'm sorry, Samson, on the other hand, the strong man who was known by God, he literally, with his bare hands, tore the lion apart. And so uh, that was a totally different operation of the power of God. And then finally, uh, when Daniel was thrown into a den full of lions, more than one lion, whole den full, he didn't spend all night in there slaying the lions. He sat peacefully, and uh, the Lord's angel stopped the mouths of the lions. And so we have three battles with lions, and they're defeated in three totally different ways. And so God has an operation for every person that's unique to them with their skill set with how he has prepared them. David has prepared by fighting with a shepherd's sling and a club. That's what he has prepared with. And so he tried to put on Saul's arm. It didn't work. But now listen to what happened next. Verse 40, 1 Samuel 17. He took his staff in his hand, he chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, and he put them in a shepherd's bag which he had, even in a scrip, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near <coughs> to the Philistine. Now, what I want you to see here is that David went down to that brook and he grabbed aerodynamic stones, smooth stones. A, a jagged stone would not work well in a sling. There's a reason. It's because the jaggedness of the stone is liable to catch somewhat on the leather pouch uh, or the cradle that holds the stone. And so the stone may come out of the sling in a slightly different way every time. There's no predictability in how that stone uh, will fly. So the smooth stones were very aerodynamic. And I can tell you this, knowing a little bit about ballistics, that David would have weighed the stones. He would have put them in his hand, and he would have picked stones of similar size and weight. Shape was important, but size and weight was important because you change the weight of the stone, and it flies in a totally different way. So I, I'm assuming here that David would have balanced these stones, and he selected stones that were similar in size. And uh, anyone who shoots instinctively with a, with a bow, meaning that you don't use sights to do that, uh, you, you develop a sense, and, and it's because of shooting over and over. The, the Plains Indians were masters at this. Uh, they could shoot their bows at amazing distances with amazing accuracy, 
And it's because they had a, a, an instinctive sense about how the arrow would fly. And their arrows were not mass-produced. They were handmade, each one of them. But they had to take into consideration the weight of those arrows and the arrowhead. So they would have worked with that to develop a feel of accuracy in their bows. Uh, so David was no different. The anointing led him to preparation. And finally... The anointing led him to action. So I want you to listen to verse 48. It came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. That's another action. Now, what kind of action is that? It's an action of faith. Where did it come from? It came from an attitude which was developed in David. Where did that come from? That came from the anointing. So you have anointing followed by attitude, followed by preparation, followed by action. And what do we see in this story? We don't see God doing a miracle like he did, say, for Jehoshaphat. God did a miracle for Jehoshaphat and his army. They didn't even have to fight. They went to the battlefield and the enemy was already dead. But here, in David's case, he did have to fight. God blessed his action. Now, big difference. David had one physical body to go fight after. That's the body of Goliath. Whereas Jehoshaphat had an entire army, so God had to work a miracle. He had to do it in a little different way. So the deliverance of God is different in every case. Just because someone's delivered in a particular way doesn't mean God's going to do it the same way the next time. Jesus spit and made clay and rubbed it in a man's eyes and told him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. But he didn't heal all blind men that way. He certainly didn't do that with Bartimaeus. In uh, the book of Mark chapter 10, uh, he, he just spoke the word and Bartimaeus was healed. So you see, God does things in different ways. And you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you see there are differences of operations. So while God use, uses one man a particular way, he may use another person a totally different way. And uh, yet both be anointed by God. So you see David here is operating with boldness and he runs toward the giant. I mean, he goes right out to him because he has the action of faith. This is identically uh, the same kind of action that he demonstrated toward the lion and the bear. Let's back up to verse 35. He's telling the story of fighting with the lion and the bear. And he said, there came a lion and a bear, took a lamb out of the flock, and I went out after him. Now that's counterintuitive. That's not something that, that you normally do. I remember being in the Northwest Territories one time, and we came back to our tent. And uh, when, when we had been gone that morning out hiking, uh, we came back to our tent, and there was a grizzly bear that had come near to our tent because he left a fresh big pile of poop about 30 yards in front of the door of our tent. We'd been gone for several hours, came back in, and there was the grizzly poop. And we looked up off in the distance, and there you could see the hump of that big grizzly bear. And, and fortunately, he was going away. But my, my guide that I was hiking with, this guy was really, really concerned about that bear. I can tell you this, we didn't run after him. That's counterintuitive. And uh, David ran after the lion. He ran after the bear. But that is produced because of the attitude of faith. So attitude leads to action. Now, David seized the moment with this kind of action. He just instinctively did these things because of the anointing. Now listen to this. David put his hand in his bag, took there from there a stone, slang it, smote the Philistine in his forehead, and the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. It may very well have been that that stone was embedded in his forehead. 
Uh, that's verse 49 of 1 Samuel 17. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Now he needed a sword, so what does he do? Therefore David ran, stood upon the Philistine, and took his sword, and drew it out of the sheath thereof, and slew him, and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. In other words, David was counterintuitive again. It is an action that was produced by faith. So you can see this. This attitude produced by the anointing produces actions that make the difference. Now here's the good news. The same anointing of the Spirit that was on David is available to God's church today. I have to read to you from the book of Ephesians chapter 2, and I want you to listen to this. The anointing can only come because we are in a legal position to receive it. God does not anoint just anybody. The anointing belongs only to people who are in covenant with God. So listen to this, Ephesians 2.11. Wherefore, remember that you, being in time past Gentiles or heathen in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. In other words, the Jews called us uncircumcised. That at that time you were without Messiah, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus... You who sometimes were far off are now made near by the blood of Christ. Now what Paul just did in these three verses, he gives us a pronouncement of our legal right of belonging to the covenant. He states the legalities of faith in Christ puts you into covenant favor with God. But that's not enough. <clears throat> All of those Israelites were in covenant favor with God. But David was in covenant favor, <clears throat> pardon me, and also in anointing. Verse 18, same chapter. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. In other words, Paul tells us, yes, we legally are in the covenant. We have rights to the blessings of God but we also have the Holy Spirit to make sure that that happens. <coughs> the kingdom of God is not just in a legal contract. It is also a kingdom of power. Listen to 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Coney Beer's translation says this, For mighty deeds, not empty words, are the tokens of God's kingdom. Uh, Moffat says, for God's reign does not show itself in talk, but in power. The Williams translation, for the kingdom of God does not consist in talking, but in doing. And the idea is in doing things that are supernatural, not just doing good deeds, but in doing things that are supernatural. That's what God has called us to. He has called us to a relationship with him that has a legal underpinning, but also because of that legal underpinning, we have the anointing to go out and be blessed in what we put our hands to. We see the power of God on our actions. All the time I have for today, but you can rest assured we're not done. See you tomorrow. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. 
Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.